Um, So today's reading comes from um, John uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 8, which is uh, page uh, 1063 in the Church Bibles. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Lizzie, thank you for reading. Good morning, everyone. My name is Gareth Lowe. I'm one of the ministry team at Christchurch. It's great to be with you. I'd like to start by saying something a little controversial. Some of you might not even comprehend what I'm going to say. I don't love coffee. It's all right, I'll have like one a month, but it's an average drink at best. But I know not everyone here shares that opinion. Imagine I was making you a cup of coffee, and I got a cafetiere, I put the scoop of coffee in the right amount, and I poured hot water in, and I put the plunger on, and immediately plunged it, and poured you a drink. What would it be like? If you want proof that people here love coffee, you can just see the physical reactions as they imagine (laughs) what that would be like to actually have that touch your lips. Bland, thin undrinkable. Sometimes our worship can feel like that, a bit thin. We worship God, but it's just, it's dissatisfying, it's bland. It leaves us wanting more. And sometimes it's for the same reason. We've hurried it, we press the plunger, we just try and quickly grab a bite of God's word in a moment and then run with it. But what if we just took a little longer? If we let it brew, we let it percolate, That's what we're going to do this morning, because the Bible is to help us to worship, worship God who is so much greater than we can understand or imagine, and yet he gives us help. So let's do that. Let's get into these verses. Uh, We're looking at this chapter, um, both this week and next week. It's Christmas Day next week, Sunday, 10 o'clock here in the morning, and that will be an all-age time. But for this morning, we're just going to really focus on the first four verses that Lizzie read for us, and we're going to let them brew. And help us worship God. All right, let's um, do the kind of pouring in the hot water. We'll go uh, briefly through the four verses just to get them moving around in our minds. Have a look if you've got it there in front of you. John chapter 1, verse 1. What does he say? In the beginning was the Word. He kicks off by call back, calling back to the start, the start of the start. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the first verse in the whole Bible. In the beginning, God. That's how the Bible starts. In the beginning, God. Here John says, in the beginning was the Word. So you can see straight away he's setting up some sort of parallel. The beginning, the beginning of time, the beginning of everything. Before everything was made, the Word. So straight away we can get a sense of there's something about this Word that's to do with God. In the beginning was the Word. John carries on. What does he say? And the Word was with God. 
Can you be with yourself? No, you can only be with somebody else. So John is saying there's a person, the Word, who is with God. He's distinct to God. But then he also says the Word was with God and the Word was God. Does that, does that sound like he's con- contradicting himself? How can someone be with God and yet also God? Well, that's mysterious, isn't it? We're going to come back to it. But let's keep going. Verse 3, have a look. What does he say then about the Word? Through him, all things were made. And then he says it the same thing, but negatively. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Let's work that through. Without him, nothing is made that has been made. What he's saying there is if you list everything, everything that's made, and that will take you quite a long time, there's nothing on that list that wasn't made by the Word. So the Word, he made everything. There's nothing you can think of that he didn't make. The Word was with God and is God and made everything. Everything. He made the lot because he was there right in the beginning before anything was made. We push on into verse 4. In him, in the word, was life. And that life was the light. The light of all mankind. Whoa. Not just that he's alive, but in him was life. And that life flows to us. So this person not only made everything, but is the source of all light and life in the universe. With God is God. Distinct person and yet divine. All right, so we've poured in the hot water. It's mixing around now. We're starting to think, what's going on here? Let's take some time to go through it. We're going to look at uh, verse 3 first, creation. Then we look at verse 4, life and light. And then we'll double back to that most tricky bit right at the beginning, verse 1. Verse 3. Through him all things were made. He made everything. This person that John is talking about, he wants you to know he made everything. That means you can pick anything around you and you can learn something about the word because he made it. Earlier this week, um, I was prepping for this uh, sermon and I was out walking in um, Hartwood Forest. Some of you know it's just on the edge of Harpenden. It's a beautiful place and it was very, very snowy. Uh, I was walking along and I came across a bench and it was, I had a layer of snow on it. It was really lovely. And I was wearing waterproof trousers and I thought, thought yeah, I'm going to sit on that. I don't know why. I've ruined it for anybody else walking past with an imprint. But I just sat on this bench in the cold. I'm just looking at the snow on the bench. Have you ever looked at snow? And it's a bit of an inconvenience, isn't it? Have you ever really looked at snow? It's amazing. I looked at it, and it's kind of powdery and white. But then on the top, there's these little crystals. It's kind of twinkling. You've seen that twinkling in the sunlight. Or maybe when you're driving at night, you can see it shining, and it's really beautiful. And I tried to look closer, and so you know, I didn't bend my face that close. I scooped it up on my finger, and I looked at it. Have you ever looked at snow? Really looked at it? When you zoom in, it's not just white, it's got crystal. It's like a tree. It has branches that close. And if I could have zoomed in closer, I might have seen something. Oh, there's no one there. <laughs> if it, uh, never mind. It's gonna be, it would be a lovely picture of a snowflake. Is there anyone? Oh, that's good. Oh, amazing. How did it happen? This is a snowflake. Just have a look at it. Just, just for a moment, look at this, because the Word made this. Have a look at it. It's kind of an interesting shape, isn't it? Six bits, but then each bit has bits, and then each bit has bits, has bits. And if you zoomed in, there's a little circle bit. Imagine someone gave you some water and a pair of very small tree- tweezers and said, can you make this, please? You couldn't make that. You couldn't make that. And that's just tiny, a tiny, tiny thing. You've been stamping on it all week. And that's okay. It's on the floor. But the Word made it. He made it. 
if you had an electron microscope and you zoomed in on that, you'd see even more detail. A snowflake is almost infinite. You could keep looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. And the Word, he made that. The Word made that. This near-infinite scale on a tiny thing on the end of my finger. That's what I could see. Passers-by probably steered clear. There's a weird guy sitting on a bench in the snow, staring at his finger. That can go down now, thank you. Whoever is doing that, thank you. Wow. Now, some might say, well, look, there's no need for the word to describe that sort of thing. Each flake, each flake uh, just nucleates around a dust particle and supersaturated air masses by sp uh, attracting supercooled cloud water droplets, which freeze and accrete in crystal form, they might say. That's all a snowflake is. More punctually, there's no need for God. It's just bits of things obeying rules of physics. That's how a snowflake comes about. To which the Apostle John might say, cool rules. Who wrote them? The Word, he made everything. Everything. Physical matter. Physical laws. Space. Time. He made the lot. Some person. Who is he? We carry on, verse 4. In him was life. Life. He's not just alive, but he's the source of life. He's not a bottle of water. He's the sea. He's the ocean. He has the lot. It comes from him. Just think about how wonderful life is. Life. Just think how special life is. Life is better than not life, isn't it? When you see something that's alive, it catches your attention. You want to look at it. I got up from the bench, I was walking along, and I was walking along beautiful, like, classic snowscape scenes. Snow on the floor, branches, tree branches, covered in snow. It was beautiful. It was quiet. It was eerie. And it was cold. In both senses. It didn't warm my heart. It was, it was beautiful, but, co but cold. And I thought, oh, it would be quite nice thinking about life. Wouldn't it be cool if a robin appeared now, and it just bounced around on the floor? You know when a robin appears, and it's bright, a splash of color against the, against the cold? It, it, interestingly become the, it immediately become the most interesting thing in front of me. As I was thinking that, I then thought, no, no, that's not, because we're talking about life of humankind. We're talking about people. They're the pinnacle of creation. And as I was thinking that, I mean, literally, as I was thinking that, and I don't use the word literally lightly, I really was literally thinking about this, I heard a noise behind me, and I turned around, and there was a bloke, and he was dressed in bright orange, a really bright orange lycra, and he was on a bike in a, in a woods, in, in, on snow, and not a mountain bike. He was on a road bike. And I just about realized this by the time he came past me and I sort of said hello and made some sort of comment about, that's amazing, good. And then I watched him go, partly to see if he might fall over. And he didn't. He's riding a road bike in the snow. And for that whole time, he was the most interesting thing by far. By far. Because life, isn't life beautiful? Isn't life wonderful? Isn't life fascinating? Aren't people crazy to ride road bikes in the snow? Aren't they really talented to be able to actually manage it? Who made that man? The Word. The Word is that man's source of life and light. And he's the source of your life too. The Word is the one who is your life right now, the source of your life. Right now, what's making your heart beat? The Word. What's making your brain fire its neurons? The Word. What's making your liver? What does the liver do? <laughs> he knows. 
And he's making it happen. The word sustains you. This person, the word, he's your source of life, your physical life. And as we'll see, as we go into next week particularly, the source of eternal spiritual life. Some person, who is he? John's talking about life and he says that life was the light of all mankind. And then he contrasts it with darkness in verse 5. Because just like life is better than no life, light is better than no light. That's what darkness is, isn't it? The absence of light. Light is better than darkness. And we know that. Dark is bad. Light is good. Every scandal that you read about, what's, what's going on there? It's something that's been happening in the dark that comes into the light. Because light is a place of truth and goodness. Dark is where bad things go and come from. The Word, he's the source of light. He's good. He's perfect. He's pure. He will never be caught in scandal because he never is in the dark because he is the light. He cannot go into the dark because wherever he is, it is light. He is the source of light and life in this world. So whenever you see something beautiful, whatever it might be, you see an echo of the, the Word. You see his fingerprints. Whenever you stand and fight for something true, you're fighting for his values something deeply right in the universe. Do you get a sense of how great the word is? Anything beautiful, it's from him. Anything true, it's from him. The word. Let's go back now to verse 1. What could he have been called? What could you call this person? You could call him lots of things, couldn't you? You'd imagine John could have called him the power. That would have been right. The majesty. But he calls him the Word. What does the Word, the name the Word, tell us about this person? Well, what are words? It's quite a hard thing to think of. It's trying to look at your own eyeballs. Like, what are words? Talking about words. What are they? Well, they're communication, aren't they? Person to person. Speaker to listener. Words mean people. You can't have words without people. Imagine there's a, I don't know, you're trying to open a, a, a carton of custard. And it's a bit resistant, and then suddenly it goes, and custard goes everywhere on the floor. And you look at it on the floor, and you think, oh, it's like in the shape of letters. Would you think that someone is talking to you? Would you say that they are words? No. That's, that's just randomness. Words require people. People. You see, the word, it's not impersonal. It's not just power, someone who can make snow, although as we've thought that's amazing. But it's personal. It's someone who speaks Words mean person to person, heart to heart. He is someone by nature who can be known. You can know this God. You can know him. He is the word. He is speaking. He wants you to hear. He wants you to listen. He wants you to understand. He wants to connect with you. He's not just random power. He's not just accidental process, but a person who speaks. That is one of the wonderful things about the Christian faith because it says it shows us that God is not some abstract power that we could never know. It's the word, someone who speaks to you and to me. The word, who's there in the beginning. And then we come to the most mysterious bit. The word was with God, a person distinct from him, and yet was God. The person is God. The word is both with God and God himself. How do you react to that? How do you react to that, that with God and is God? Well, there are a few different reactions. I want to pick up on two broad ones. One is worry, and the other is worship. Worry. How might we react to this news with worry? Maybe you've worried about it for a long time. Worry goes like this. 
a person who is with God and is God. How does that work? How does that work? No, can't think of any illustrations, can't think of any way to talk about it. Oh no, if, if, I, can't, if I can't explain it, if I don't understand it, how can it be true? How can, it be, how can I accept something that I don't understand? Or at least, how can I rely on it? It might be true in theory, but I, I just can't, because I can't grasp it, I can't trust it, and now I don't know anything. And many people do reject Christianity because they don't see how God can be like he is. They don't understand him. They say, this doesn't make sense, so I, I've got to reject him. I can't believe something, I can't trust something that I don't understand. Is that the right reaction? Is it the right reaction to this? Because it is, I'm not going to explain it to you, by the way. If you're wondering, wondering I'm just going to drop a bomb, you're like, yes, that's it. That's not going to happen. What's the right reaction? Well, let me illustrate, moving from divine life, God, to human life. How does human life actually work? I mean, actually, actually work, right? Most of us have gone through back kind of basic biology lessons. We understand some like mechanics, but how does it work? When you really think about it, how can something that a person not existing suddenly exist? However that comes about, you, you start with nothing and you end up with a person. A person who has their own rights and opinions who isn't their parents. How does that work? Seriously, how does that work? I don't know. And neither do you. And neither does anyone. No one knows how we work deep down, how, how we come to, into being. If I'm talking to you, I meet you, how do I, and I ask myself, how does this person come to be? The answer is, I don't know. But it's totally the wrong question. It's totally the wrong question. If I meet you and think, hmm, how did they come into existence? That's not the right question. The right question is, do they exist? And if so, how do I treat them? That is the question. Do they exist? And if so, how do I treat them? Not do I understand everything about them, but how should I treat them? Because if I recognize that you exist as a human, how should I treat you? With dignity, with love, with respect. I don't understand you. <laughs> I don't understand you. But I know who you are, I know what you are, and I know how to treat you. We don't reject humans because there are mysteries about humans. Don't reject God because there are mysteries about God. He's more mysterious by a long, long way, but the same principle applies. We're never going to understand all of God. But how does he work? How does that happen? Is not the right question. Is he there? Is he real? And if so, then how should we treat him? With dignity, respect, love, on an infinite scale. Not worry, but worship. Because he's wonderful. He made everything. He is the source of your life and your love. Uh, by the way, this isn't saying we're not allowed to chew these things over in our minds and really wrestle with them, because some of us love these kind of things, and, and we're to love God with our minds. and think, how, how can that be, Lord? Help me to understand the mystery better. Help me to be able to kind of um, shape the mystery and see where my, my limits are. But remember, we are not told these things to be worried about them. John didn't think that, write this thinking, oh, I hope they're going to really worry. He wrote this for your good. He wants it to be a blessing to you. Not worry, but worship the God who is greater than we can understand. All right, let's summarize. What have we seen? We've met the Word. A person who is distinct from God and yet is with God. A person who made everything. 
absolutely everything. And the person who is your source of life right now, the source of love, light in the world, of goodness, of truth. Can you get your arms around that person? No. He's far bigger than us. Far bigger than us. And yet, we can see something true about him. That he is worthy of worship. Next week, we're going to be thinking, how did he become a baby? We're thinking about that big parcel, small parcel earlier. How can that come here? And what does that tell us about him? That he would choose to do that for us? What do we do? What do we do with this truth? As we meditate on something, it doesn't classically fall into, well, tomorrow at work, at 10.53, you should do X. It doesn't quite work like that, does it? These things, as we think about someone, the word, and we worship him, you have to talk in broad brushstrokes. But if you aren't already, if you don't already worship the word, can you see clearly that's what is the right thing to do? Starting with a negative, it's bad to disrespect and dismiss someone. If, if, if I walk up to you and, and just dismiss you and disrespect you, don't recognize your personhood, that's, that's a terrible thing to do, isn't it? It's awful. What is it like to do that to the person, the source of all other life? We flip it positive. Stop drinking bad coffee. Have you ever wondered why Christmas is not satisfying enough? Why the best song, you're listening to it and you're like, oh, I just want it to be a bit more, I want it to go somewhere, and it never quite gets there. Your best relationships are just not enough. They can't be, because the word is the source of life and light. Whenever you look in the world and try and love the shape of snow or the behavior of a person with you, if that is your best, you're settling for less. John invites us, God invites us to know him, the word. The word who speaks and who came that first Christmas. I haven't used the name that he is most commonly referred by. Because John doesn't. Not in these verses. Who is he? Who is the word? Well, he's the word. He's the one we can know who speaks. He is God. And we have actually mentioned his name one or two times already this morning. But can I say, if you would think, I want to know more, I want to know more then you are absolutely correct in that desire. Speak to any Christian around you and they will be glad to tell you his name and tell you how you can get to know him more. Because he wants you to know him. He's given you life this morning, heartbeat, breath, so that you might hear this message. That's why he's given it to you, that you might hear this and come to know him. All right, what about for the majority of us who do know and worship the word already? What do we do? What a few thoughts. Firstly, can I encourage you to see the beauty in the world around you? There is beauty in the world around you. It's flawed, it's fallen, of course, but there is beauty there. Don't hurry through life. Maybe, I don't know, you're on a zoo trip with a, a young relative or a godchild or something, and you think, oh, I've got to get around the animals so and get to the cafe. Don't hurry. Who made that? Who made this? Come and look at this animal. Who made that? Maybe it's a clear night sky or a walk in the snow. Just stop and look. Just stop and look. These things are not the full revelation of God by any means, but the creation does speak. It has his fingerprints on it, if we might listen. Now, you might think, oh, who has time for that? 
and there are lots of things to do. But it could only take 30 seconds. It doesn't take long. Just to look and think, wow, he made this. He made this. Lord, you made this. You made this. And yet you came to save me. Worship. Worship. The word. The source of life and light. God himself. He's worthy of everything we can give him. As the musicians come up, I'm just going to give you a moment to reflect. Maybe there's something you want to pray through, just on these verses. A moment for you. an entirely quiet moment. As John's Gospel tells us, the Word would come into the world. He came into the world as a human, like you and like me. Do you get that? The source of life itself, the source of life itself would come on to take on our weakness, our limitations. And not only that, he came in to die. The source of life came to die. He was born so that he could die and pay for our darkness. Eternal life, that comes to us through the word. Because the word did not despise humanity, and he did not despise even the cross. So come, let us adore him.